Hi guys, and welcome back to the e-commerce experts podcast. I can't think of a more Christmassy podcast to get us all in the mood for the next couple of months and not stressed than the wonderful Steffi from the chocolate Smiths. If you haven't come across them yet, they create absolutely Willy Wonka-esque bizarre bars, which are, <laughs> I mean, I've got some here. They're just out of this world crazy and delicious to go with it. They hand make them all from Newcastle upon Tyne, but Steffi's got an interesting story of how she maxed out all her overdrafts, was on the brink of closure, and has managed to turn it round. But not just turn it round in the way of selling out to wholesalers. No, she's turned it round with a direct-to-consumer shop to the point that last year they actually had to keep the shop shut for over three months in order to keep up with demand. So that's from 50,000 chocolate bars to over half a million chocolate bars shipped this year. It's inspiring and I think it shows you the importance of passion of what you're doing and also putting your values on display for the world to see. So I hope you guys take as much inspiration from this as I did. Without further ado, here she is. Hi Steffi, thank you ever so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, particularly because you've just launched a new collab bar and you must be so busy right now. Yeah, we are super busy gearing up for Christmas, gearing up for Black Friday. We've kind of winged it all year. I mean, we've done that for seven years, but I mean, especially this year. <laughs> so yeah, we're just taking every week as it comes, kind of going week by week. What can we cope with? Can we open the website? So that's how this year's had to be. Usually we do follow some sort of plan, like a loose plan, but this year it's all gone out the window, but in a very good way, in a positive way, because we're so busy. So come on, we're going to cut to the chase then. Why has it been so busy? What's happened this year that's just like revolutionized the business? <laughs> so last year, actually, when lockdown happened, it went insane. We didn't have any staff there. We actually have four at the time, including myself and Aaron. And Aaron and I were the ones that worked through lockdown. So we worked through lockdown like seven days a week super long days just to try and get as much stuff done as we possibly could we had to close the website a few times I think we were closed in total like three months of the year last year it was amazing because it enabled us to be able to save the money to move into a bigger premises because we were climbing the walls in our old premises and we couldn't have had any more staff in there so moved in here like we had nine staff and I was like awesome I was like on the Instagram story like if you order today, it's going to get sent out today. Look at these bars. They're amazing. <laughs> I was still working a bit in the kitchen at that point as well. So we started on advent calendar plans early this year. And then Joe Wicks had actually bought from us a couple of times. So he bought from us last year in December because I saw him in the DMs. And I voice messaged him straight away as soon as I saw him. And he voice messaged back. He's such a down-to-earth guy. And I was thinking he's probably in his massive kitchen voice messaging me back. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we bought 10 bars. He really liked them. And then he bought a further 10 in like the January. I didn't know he was going to mention us, but he said he was waiting for the right time because he saw, obviously, we're moving premises. He thought we would get busier from a mention from him. But yeah, he mentioned us on Instagram. He was talking about growing your business online, being an entrepreneur and used us as an example. And then he showed the chocolate. So he did kind of a bit of backstory about us and then showed the chocolate, which I think is what made it blow up because people listen to what he says and our followers went from like 52,000 to like 132 pretty much overnight 
But yeah, like 95% of our website traffic comes from Instagram. We rely on it pretty heavily. It's amazing what it's done for our business. So you can imagine what kind of trebling your customer base does overnight (laughs) it creates a lot of demand I'm learning as I go here I've never run a business this size I mean as you grow you're just learning because you've never done it before so that was back in the February and we sold out of chocolate and then we kind of had to take a step back and assess right what do we do here because we had so many people being like just open the website I don't care how long I wait for chocolate but I know that's not the reality of it because you can say so many times, oh, it's going to take X amount of time to get to you, but then you, it's the customer service side of things, keeping people yeah. informed where the order's at. So the logistics just didn't work there. And then I had people saying, like, just hire loads uh, more staff. I had people telling me just outsource <laughs> it, like, take it to machines. I'm still finding my feet with it. I feel like I've learned a lot with how much it's grown and especially just so many lessons. What values do I want the business to really, truly hold all the time? How do we maintain those values? Yeah, there's so many lessons, like hiring the right people, how crucial it is to have the right people around you. We go with your gut, but also take other people's opinions into account. There's a lot of stuff that I've learned this year. You guys do have really clear values and you you show it with your collaboration bar, you show it with the the way you are a small business and the way you're operating. Mm -hmm. How how have you managed to keep those? Because you have grown so rapidly over the course of the last year. You Mm -hmm. didn't fall into the trap of going straight to machine chocolate or hiring those staff on zero hours contracts or or anything that could potentially impact the the social benefits that your business currently brings. Yeah. It's taken us a while to get here. There's new values that sort of come to light as well that I want to carry forward. I guess it's the quality of what we do, how we do it. I shout about people. I love having people here. I love supporting people. I love seeing people's faces light up. And I want this to be an awesome place to work for people. I want people to come in and enjoy their job every day so I can enjoy that aspect as well. I didn't want to go to machines. I didn't want to do that. But at the same time... It takes time to train people as well. So there is such a balance of trying to keep as many people happy as possible, maintain the quality, hire new people, train new people, identify which areas I needed to let go of because I just didn't have time anymore. Like I rarely, rarely step in the kitchen anymore. I'm not needed to go and make chocolate anymore, which is... Passion and ironic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it's a benefit. Like I always said, I never got into this to physically make chocolate myself. I got into this to have a passion for something, enjoy what I do and create something that people enjoy and jobs. That's the part that I enjoy is the people focus part um and also the creative side of things like I really enjoy that but how have we maintained them oh it's still work in progress it's always going to be work in progress and I think that's something that's quite hard to accept you can't be perfect all the time there'll always be things that need working on and I think the minute you kind of rest on your laurels is the minute then things start to slip. During this absolutely meteoric rise, you've also Mm -hmm. had two kids. And I can't imagine there's anything more grounding than having two children. So Charlotte's one. So I had Charlotte last year. Babies just sleep when they're like two months, three months old. So I was coming in when Charlotte was like two or three months old. And I was like building advent calendars just as much as I could last year. We were so busy last year. 
And at the beginning of the year, obviously the schools and stuff weren't open. So I had the kids here with me at work. You just do what you can, I think. And you need to give yourself a break and not beat yourself up about, but I need to be working. There's nothing you can do. You have two children. You may as well enjoy the time with them instead of worrying about work that's one big lesson that I have learned this year as well so I've actually become a single parent this year as well so in June uh, my husband and I separated so I've had the kids pretty much 24-7 so there was kind of a point in the business like four years ago where I started to think about things differently and started to really think about the chocolate smiths as a passion rather than this business that I was going to grow. That's what propelled it. I think with kind of me and my husband separating and me pretty much being solely responsible for the kids, it opened up my personal life side of things. So it made things so much better for me because when I was with the kids, I'm with them. There's no one else there. I'm enjoying their company a lot more like does that make sense yeah, yeah. you're 100 percent with them it yeah, gives you the you've switched off right I make sure that okay well my weekends are for them now which it's so important because during the week I, I barely see them so I, I thought that's the compromise I'm going to make if I'm not really going to see them during the week then the weekend is for them it's yeah it's made my personal life a lot a lot better as well Mm-hmm. I think it's something that Steve Bartlett talks about in his book, but something that I've experienced quite recently with moving in with my partner yeah. is, is that time that you would normally have by yourself, you yeah. would really be thinking about work and you'd yeah. be processing it and you'd be thinking about ideas or coming mm-hmm. up with things. Mm-hmm. But when you've got someone else there, yeah. you can't do it. No. And if you do do it, you risk the relationship, right? Yeah. You because you're not actually present, really yeah. you're still in your work face. And yeah. it's interesting that kids has allowed you to, you know, actually, I, I can't, I've got to be with the kids at that moment in time. And yeah. I think it's a lesson that younger people do make. I think it's why we're making it. It's because you've got to learn those boundaries, but you can say, oh, I'm not working though. I'm with you, but you're not, you're completely yeah. absent because in yeah. your mind, you're thinking about Forget that. what you're going to do on Monday. I imagine it's yeah. what your next drop's going to be or yeah. <laughs> yeah. how you're going to keep the cash flow going. Yeah. So I think it is really important for whether you're running a business or whether you're working in a business, you still have to have that time where you turn off. And if you don't, you, mm-hmm. you won't just not succeed at work because you'll be burnt out, but you'll also yeah. probably lose your balance and you'll lose your home life too. Exactly. And I always say, honestly, I've got wonderful people here, like everyone in the kitchen, everyone in the packing area, like I'll always say the minute you can't work all the time because the minute your home life isn't sustainable is the minute your job is no longer sustainable. I want you to be here for the foreseeable because you're doing a very good job and you're awesome. So you need to make sure you have a balance. That is a battle for me to have, not for any of my staff to have. Like, there's a reason I run it. I mean, I know sometimes there's going to be times when they can't help it. Laker will come in and she'll say, I was thinking at three o'clock this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just because they love the place. But what I would never want people to do is put their like personal life and social life at a detriment because they're worrying about this or thinking about this I just don't want them to to carry it like a burden it's another example of how you're putting your values in practice you're ensuring that your people come first and actually let's be honest there's so many organizations that don't do that whether they're small or large um what a lot of people don't realize because Mm -hmm. everybody knows you now and they know you in your current form they don't realize that you started off as a wholesale business yeah so I actually 
I started in 2014 in January. I'd just been made redundant, but I actually already had all the business plans done for the chocolate smiths. There was a girl called Amy that I worked with at my old job who was also made redundant at the same time. She studied design and animation at university. So I said to her, look, I've got this idea, Bizarre Bars, the chocolate smiths. I want to start a chocolate company. And she said, yeah, okay, I'll try designing some wrappers. I kind of get the thing that you're going for. So she became my business partner, but she got a full-time job while designing everything. And I worked solely on the chocolate smiths. We never did online. We got into like Phoenix in Newcastle and we got into small local businesses as well. And then businesses further afield and grew from there. It was going really, really well, but essentially all of our chocolate is handmade. And it took me a long time to realise how much I was slogging my guts out. And Amy, when she she eventually came full time, for very little money, very little money. I mean, it wasn't livable, really. It wasn't going to create any kind of life or for, for anybody. or And it wasn't sustainable because you can only run on passion for so long. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, you get very tired. <laughs> um, it was going well we got a small kitchen unit we were supplying mostly shops and then I think it was about when was it 2017 things really started to go downhill and we just the shop started to go bust that we supplied they owed us money we didn't get paid one of our biggest customers ever still had 80% of the stock left at Christmas which was just insane I mean the years before, we just couldn't make it fast enough. It was order after order after order. And they said, you know, can you just, can we cut the order? We don't want the rest of it. And I was, but the, they said, it's not just you. This is all of confectionery is 80% down. And I thought, wow, like something's happening here. Amy was extremely stressed. We were like minus 15 grand in an overdraft. And I just was questioning, is this worth it anymore? I just don't know. Aaron at that time was an apprentice so he was completing his apprenticeship so then Amy left the business I think it was 2018 yeah it was 2018 Amy left the business but she still does all the graphic design and everything for us so it's really nice she's still a good friend of mine she's still a part of the chocolate smiths so yeah she's awesome but yeah and I, I was kind of at a crossroads where I was like I could leave this business or I could take it home that was an idea I could just take it home because we had a little kitchen unit. I saw all these chocolate makers on Instagram working from home and I thought, you're making loads of money, you've got no overheads, you've got no staff. I was thinking, you're comfortable. I'm so sick of not being comfortable. I was stressed to high heaven. I wasn't enjoying any time with my kids. I wasn't enjoying any time at home. I wasn't even enjoying work at the time and I wasn't sleeping. It was just a horrible time. I just didn't know what to do with myself. I looked for jobs for about half an hour and then thought, no, (laughs) not for me. me. Um, And I looked around at our kitchen unit and I I know it sounds really silly, but I looked at the floor and I was like, this floor costs £2,000 to put down. I'm not giving up this floor. It's like, I've worked hard to put that floor down. The walls and the shop at the front and the little chocolate machines we had, you know, and I thought, well, I've got all the tools here. I've got all the tools. I looked at our product and I thought the product's good. What am I not getting right? Because this should work in theory. And that's when I discovered Instagram. So I said to Aaron, I was like, look, obviously Amy's left. This is the situation in the bank, minus 15 grand in an overdraft. I believe in this business. I want to take it forward. You can come with me or you can like go and get another job. I 
just want to let you know what you're committing to. And he said, no, he was like, I love this. I don't want to do anything else. And actually at that time, Aaron and I didn't really know each other very well because he'd worked mostly with Amy, who was running the kitchen. But Aaron and I started working together. And then I started just filming what we were doing on a daily basis on Instagram. And then our followers started to grow. I noticed Instagram equal sales it's very good for that we've got something here and we started to really grow a relationship with the customers which you can do through uh instagram i just used to film more us being idiots because we were we just used to laugh all the time and work really hard as well but yeah and then um came up with the idea for the collaboration bar and i think at this time i had like two thousand followers and this was 2019 And I thought, because we did have people, the more we sold direct to people and discovered the world of social media, I realized there was quite a few comments, which is fine, saying how much for a chocolate bar must be made of gold. And I thought, well, instead of getting annoyed about it, let's show people why things, you know, that are handmade maybe cost a bit more or why it's worth buying handmade. I thought of this idea for the collaboration chocolate bar, found the cookie mill through some bloggers on Instagram and messaged Rich, who lives down south, and said, look, I've got this idea, collaboration bar, put your story on the wrapper. It's about supporting people. It's about supporting handmade and the reason behind it and how much passion goes into what you do. And everyone that gets one of these chocolate bars will read your story. So we'll put your cookies in a mammoth big chocolate bar and and sell it, basically. And the first run went really, really well. And that was January 2019. I think we sold 100 bars in 20 minutes and I cried. And I just had never experienced anything like that. But we're onto something. We're onto something here. This is a winner. It's because I'm passionate about it. That's why it worked, because it just comes across. And I think if you hold your values closely, that's what makes you unique as well. So, yeah. Um, you literally put them on display for the world to see. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you yeah, literally yeah. did, and that's what that's what cut through because it's all about the cut through, right? You know, Instagram yeah. has so many businesses on, but what made you guys different? What made people hang around? And beyond your very entertaining um, <laughs> shenanigans, shall we say, in the kitchen, yeah. it, it, it's obviously the fact that you not only are you valuing your people, but you're you're explaining why there is value in this product, and exactly. the collaborations show it. Yeah, absolutely. And you get a quality product as well that's handmade. Not only do we handmake it, but the person who's supplying the product hand makes that. And I know that everyone that got one of those bars read Rich from the Cookie Mill read his story. And I loved that. And then we sold another 50 the next day and they sold out in 30 seconds. So I was like, wow, this is... And I said to myself, don't get carried away with this collaboration project because you need to always remember why you started it. I think it'd be very easy to be like, oh, we can make a lot of money from this, but that's, you need to hold your values first. That's what comes first. If you had them on all the time, you've lost the excitement. You've Definitely. lost the demand because yeah. that's one of the things you guys do so well, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. in fact, it's one of the reasons why there are quite so many chocolate bars on my desk is because you had an open weekend and yes. I was like, right, while it is open, we yeah. buy two of everything. Yeah. And then I know I'm covered and I know I'm safe. Um, but you've got this limited edition bit down right. to perfection. There yeah. is what there is. You can't make any more, mm-hmm. which must make your overheads and your cash flow easier to manage because you yeah. know exactly how much it's going to cost. It's going to produce yeah. what you need in. But at the same time, everyone wants it because once you sold out. Yeah, exactly. Logistically, though, as well, it just 
we have to move on to other things. So we can only do things for X amount of time. It's not like we can hire ad hoc chocolatiers to come in and make, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't trust that. That's also like another reason why we do that. But it, it definitely, and it's how we've had to run the business the past year, pretty much. So yeah, it does work for us, but collaboration project has just grown from there but the kahuna cookie one i think we did we did seven thousand bars with that and no one had ever seen andy's face before because he doesn't put it out there like he doesn't go on his social media and talk and i just think andy you need to shout about yourself because you're so talented and i think like some people commented saying it's nice to put a face to a cookie so i think that is one thing that's really awesome about the collaboration bar is Oh, I'm eating that. And oh, look, he's smiling at me. There's a space. <laughs> it's nice to know, I think. The idea of not being able to get the bar stimulates the demand because you've got to get it before yeah. it's gone. And yes. you guys have just absolutely nailed it with regards to, you know, realistically, in the back of my mind, as someone who follows you, yeah. I think they're going to be sold out by the end of Black Friday and they're not going to be able to sell anymore. And I don't want to be in that situation. No, where yeah. Where I can't put it in someone's stocking, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's a perfect stocking filler. And so actually that's what's driving the behavior. You're driving the consumers to get it literally while they can, because there's nothing more depressing than going on the site and being like the Christmas one going sold out. Yeah. Well, I remember we were losing Instagram followers. This was a couple months ago. And I was thinking, why, why, why? I thought it's because website's closed. Why follow a page when... The website's closed all the time. I would do my head in, seeing all this chocolate and then being like, but I can't buy it. And a lot of people who maybe just click follow and go on our website don't understand, oh, they're doing restocks or whatever. So we opened the website up for a week and our followers grew again. So it's frustrating not being able to stay open. I feel like we've become a little bit, we're so used to being so fast paced and moving all the time. I think that's why... I'm getting frustrated now. I'm excited for this new unit. We're kind of doing as much as we can. The general manager is determined we're going to open after Black Friday for two days. I'm not sure. It's just we've got to get all the orders from Black Friday out before Christmas. So logistically, will it work? I don't know. We'll see. But we'll probably start producing for Easter or something. So come on. How many bars were you making last year versus this year? What are the numbers? Well, last year we probably made around 50 to 60,000 chocolate bars. And this year, made around 400,000 chocolate bars. Wow. (laughs) You find it weird that people want to buy a chocolate bar off you. Yeah, really weird. But I still get, I just feel like, oh, are you sure? Great, thank you. (laughs) I don't know know how to take it. I just don't know how to take it. But it's it's, a bit of imposter syndrome. You almost feel like you shouldn't be selling it, but actually... The product you've made, you've said yourself, is brilliant and you're exceptionally yes. passionate about it. Yes. And why wouldn't we buy it from you? I don't know. I've always had a bit of an issue with confidence, I think. I know that probably doesn't come across. Since the chocolate smiths, I have been forced to do things because no one else does them for you. It has done the world of good for my confidence and it's made me like who I am now. But in the sometimes it still creeps in in the back of my head I have random days where I come in and I think everyone hates me in the office and I know it's me but I don't know I think though also while that sounds quite negative I think it also is quite good because it means you don't ever become complacent about 
yourself. I think it's reassuring for like the people who are watching and listening to hear Mm -hmm. that actually for someone who is so extrovert or it comes across as so extrovert Mm -hmm. and whose brand is so happy, fun and, you know, enjoyable that you still feel that way because... Mm-hmm. I think, well, everyone's only human, aren't they? And growing up, I was not very confident at all. I mean, I did a lot to do with music and stuff, but I've always had very, I think, not confident. It's low self-esteem. That's what I've I've had. I've worked on it massively. And I know it's just in my head and no one's thinking anything about me and don't be silly. And blah, blah, blah. But sometimes I think when you're tired or you've had a, a bad day at work or maybe get a bad review or something just take something to set it off in your head and you like all of a sudden you just feel oh everyone hates me what am I doing but it doesn't last for too long I think as long as you learn to get yourself out of it or can talk about it with someone you come through the other side of it yeah so 400,000 chocolate bars this year yes what's the goal next year I'm going to call you up this time next year and be like, Steffi, have you done 700,000? You'll be like, no, I've done a million. <laughs> when we've got uh, the other premises, I'm going to have my own office. <laughs> so, yes, I am. Because I'm just the type of person that will like sit in the office with everyone else and be like, so I was thinking next year we should do this and we should do that. And oh, how about this? And how about that? And oh, the other day this happened. So I think this would be quite good for this. And no, no, no. Whereas if I'm by myself, I actually focus on what I'm doing. Noel talked about it a bit last week, but Ben Francis used to be known for Ben Bombs. He used to oh. come in and be like, what about this? Yes. And everyone used to be like, ah, how are we yeah. going to make that happen? And they used yeah. to like start to panic. Um, yeah. And even though it was probably a very good idea, he just let it out at the wrong time and perhaps yeah. in front of the wrong people. Ah, you're a, you're a death bomb. I can relate to that. Last year, because it was just a very small amount of people in the same room, I could come in and, and do things like that. This year, I realised it actually rocked the boat in a couple of places because, well, how do they know about that? I don't know about that. Not because I've thought, well, I'm not going to tell you. It's because I've walked in and gone, Bleh! and then left the room and you weren't in the room. That's why. Um, so now if I have any ideas or anything, it's, it stays between like a certain amount of people until you realize when there's more people you need processes you can't just go in and blurt out ideas or say I was thinking this I was thinking that I mean you can to certain people because they're not going to take it any further it's exciting yeah. it's like a yeah place, it is yeah isn't it? yeah you've yeah. got to have that process in place you've now got to have that that close-knit circle of friends it's something yeah. that Whit Flowerbox talked to me about because she was yes. talking about everyone on your team they've got to be your team they've got to be you know team Steffi team Chocolate yeah. Smith and they've got to not let it go any further and take exactly. what you say yeah. and help make it a reality but mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. you know as you say rocking the boat yeah definitely I think you just need to every time something happens now I'm like okay this is going to happen who needs to know about it what needs to happen and what information do they then need to pass on so now we're having like weekly management meetings because communication needs to be better everyone needs to know about certain things and we need to make sure all areas are covered and if there's any issues you know that people aren't just coming into the office um randomly in the week and saying oh I was thinking this and that they can bring it to the meeting on a Monday if there's any issues so there needs to be processes in place otherwise it does upset people and that is the last thing that I want to do yeah. um yeah everyone is quite as lateral as you they can't quite perhaps take 
the ideas with a pinch of salt. They need a little bit more security. Yeah, I realised that because <laughs> I <laughs> not like that. But yeah, I just came into the room a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I think it, we had said that the Manafi bread tasted like penicillin or something. That's a, the personal opinion. And obviously you get bad reviews. And But I thought, you know what? I thank that person because actually, I'm like, you know what? If you got the Manafi bread, it's not the best first impression of us. If that is the only thing left on the website... I would probably say go for a brownie or something like that to get the best first impression of us. And then I was thinking, if you're thinking that, why do you have it in the range, mm-hmm. Steffi? So I came in and I was like, right, we're getting rid of this flavour, that flavour, this flavour, that flavour, and we're bringing in these. Aaron, what do you think? <laughs> then <laughs> Well, all right, yeah, yeah, I'll get making samples today. So now we've got like a revamped range coming in next year in January. It's like proper, proper chocolate smiths. You just got to always look to improve what you do and not, like you said, become cocky or think, well, we're doing, you know, the best all the time. It's your brand. You've got to be confident that you're putting, as you say, the best of that brand out so that if a consumer tastes you for the first time, they understand why it's magical. Definitely. And we're also looking at more eco-friendly packaging that's another thing I'm thinking about that's another brand value one that's kind of come to light I mean it's always been in the back of my head and I thought we'd always address it but now we've like got it on got the boxes on order and I can't wait to shout about it but also like I want to have a, a meeting about our goals in terms of ethics and where we really see ourselves in that kind of way that's something you don't have time to think about when you're making chocolate but now I'm kind of out of that I just need to really really start looking at these things and these are goals that are like two or three years time they're not quick fixes well there's one thing I wanted to touch on and I think you've talked about it a bit but I think it's the most fascinating thing Steffi why chocolate why is chocolate the thing you decided to go after so chocolate I learned a bit about chocolate from my mum because that's who I used to work for and it's a very small batch it was using like one microwave and a jug and a batch of bars was 10 bars and so I learned basics there and then when I have an idea I don't walk with it I run with it so I was thinking I would like to do this in chocolate or that in chocolate and this in chocolate and bizarre bars oh that's got a nice ring to it oh and we can be all circusy and fun and it'll be exciting for people to eat and it'll be full of stuff I think Whatever medium I would have gone into would have had this same personality. It just happened to be chocolate. And I love chocolate, obviously. Um, I eat it all the time. And it was just an idea that we ran with. And I think life is there to be enjoyed. I love seeing people smile. And I wanted to, I guess, create more of an experience for people rather than just like a chocolate bar. It's like a community that we've created. I love that when people maybe get the chocolate, they're thinking, oh, this is like from the chocolate smiths and it was hand wrapped and all of you seen their Instagram and there's a whole backstory and personality behind it. So I guess it's so much more than chocolate. That's how I see the chocolate smiths. And it is such a nice story and it shows you, this isn't meant, it might come across as disrespectful, it shows you that anyone can do it, right? If you've got a passion and something you love, go and do it. Go and do it with a bunch of friends, but be yourselves while doing it. Be silly. You don't have to be serious. You don't have to, you know... Yeah, you don't have to go and sell toner for a living. Do what you love, do what you enjoy. And, you know, if you're passionate enough about it and authentic enough about it, you can make it. Definitely. And I think, you know, if anyone ever 
gets maybe a, a little bit cocky or whatever, I always say, remember, anyone can do what we do. It's just that we've done it. So that is the difference. But now we have seven years experience. So that's put us ahead in that sense. So the longer you do it, the more experience you get, the more you learn. It is the passion that sees you through. Will there be a time when you go wholesale again? Yeah, I would like to. With certain products, I've decided not ones that cost us an arm and a leg to make. It would probably be with maybe three select popular bazaar bars, I was thinking. I just think, why at the moment would we go wholesale if we're just selling out online? It doesn't make financial sense, but I would love to in the future because I love working with small independent brands. I really do. And I would like to do more food festivals. Oh, yeah. I went to Balance Festival this weekend and I have to say I tried my first oat milk chocolate bar, which, do you know what? Was it nice? It was actually really nice. The one I liked was the salted pretzel one. There's also salted caramel, orange, and I want to say mint, but they were really, really nice. I'll have to try them. I'll have to try it. I think I know which brand you mean. I'm going to have to try it. Again, it was nice to be at a festival and see these things, but it it was a real good opportunity to like test and try and see what's around in the market right now. Definitely. So what I would would really love to do is I'm a massive fan of hot chocolate. (laughs) I want to make not just any hot chocolate. I mean, the best, extra, the best, the best ever. So I would love to have a a chocolate Smith's hot chocolate band that sold at Christmas markets and stuff that also sold our chocolate. And and next year we are like heavily looking at gifting, gifting range, because that's one thing I wanted to work on this year. We'll be looking at advent calendars next year, limited editions and also subscription boxes. So there's a lot, a lot coming up. Well, I'm excited because we would absolutely use you, not that we really do corporate gifting. Well, I've actually started using you already. I've got a couple of bars and some boxes that we've been sending out. It's not just a conversation starter, but it's just different. If you put a bizarre bar in there, people will be like, what the hell is this? And that's what you want. Okay. So wrapping up, what is, Instagram is obviously your, it's the thing that is is making you your sales right now. You don't want to become over-reliant on Instagram. No, no, yeah. So what is your next kind of, what's your next method of communication? Well, we have an app, so I'm looking to do more stuff with that. So we've got 10,000 people who currently have the app uh, and I'm not, I'm not utilizing it. So that's one thing I want to spend more time on. And what else? TikTok. We still haven't found our like groove on TikTok, but we'll get there. It's work in progress and YouTube. YouTube, definitely YouTube, yeah. uh, creating content for for that. I think um, video content, especially YouTube, I really, really think it's up and coming. There's just so many like areas in a business that you need to slowly work, slowly, slowly, slowly work on and slowly, slowly, slowly grow. And I can't wait to watch where you go over the next year. Thank you ever so much, Steffi, for your time today. Right, thank um, you for your time. Thank so you. So I can't imagine how busy you are at this peak season, but roll on the advent calendars next year. I mean, yeah. you could use these as advent calendars now. You could just only have to have a line a day and I'm not sure that's possible. It's perhaps not possible, just saying. No. <laughs> oh, not. by the way, one of the other things I absolutely loved that you did the other day was mm-hmm. you showed that you ate other people chocolate so I always eat other people's chocolate what I really like doing as well is there's some fantastic other small chocolatiers that I love buying from and I eat their chocolate as well so I think we should support each other there's a reason people buy from us there's a reason people buy from them I know it's seen as competition and at the end of the day I guess I guess it is but as long as you remain true to your values I just think that's what will keep people coming back 
Yeah. I know 100%. And honestly, Tony's Chocolone hasn't really ever appealed to me, but then you endorsed it. I really like uh, Tony's Chocolone and I really like the values behind their company as well. And that was um, one thing that actually spurred me on to really look at it's something I've wanted to do for years is get fair trade chocolate. And we are like, we've got fair trade chocolate now. It just takes a lot to actually get the certification. So that's one thing that we're working on. So we use fair trade chocolate, but that they're one thing that spurred me on to kind of do it at the beginning of the year. Now's the time. Start as you mean yeah. to go on. I was just saying the other day, after that planner meeting from Aaron and I came off a load of other little meetings that I need to have. And one of them was ethics and environmental plans going forward. Where can we help the planet? And also ethics as well. Where do we want to be by X time and how are we going to get there so that we reach those goals? I think now more than ever, it's so important. And it's something that I think about like on a daily basis. I think as well, it would be so lovely for the staff to come in and know this company cares about about our planet and where we live. Yeah. So and hopefully it'll rub off on everyone as well. Well, I mean, you, if you could just rub it off at those in Westminster, I think everyone would really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, Steffi, thank you ever so much for today, for all your time and insight. Thank I you. think it's been really, really interesting.